Hey everyone, my name's Caitlin and I'm ready to talk black hat tactics on Black Friday. Whoa, nice one. You just came up with that? No, I didn't just come up with it. I had to rehearse it in my head before I said it because it was a oh, tongue twister. Oh, I was like, wow, well done. You played me. I was like, geez, nice job. <laughs> also, I told you that I came up with a better intro for our anti-vax intro, so I'd like to just say it here so everyone yeah, knows. Yeah, hit me. Hit me. My name's Caitlin, and I'm vaxxed to the max. Oh, there you go. You're like, okay, you got the marketing taglines. I know, but it's two weeks late, so, <laughs> you know. Just. It's like you do this for <laughs> a living. Um, okay, and then, uh, God, I got to follow that one up. I'm Zach. And I'm the anti-Chris Kringle. I was going to try to come up with something about like a pun on Chris Kringle, but I'm not as clever as you. We're just going to go with it. The anti-Chris I thought that was going in a Kringle. way different direction, but cool. Like the anti-Chris? Anti I mean. Kringle. Gotcha. Anti-Chris. Well, some ask a few people and they'll agree with you. So Chris Kringle. Um, and this is manipulating the masses, I guess. That was a weird intro. Don't give yourselves to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You, the people, have the power. Caitlin, today, as the holiday season approaches and online shopping is poised to hit another record-breaking year, we take a look at the vicious online shopping game taking place within Google and how companies will use everything in their disposal to outrank their competition. So I'd like to start off with a question for you. Where do you do your holiday shopping, Caitlin? I used to pride myself on not shopping on Black Friday. And this is the first year I actually felt like I, uh, yeah, I shopped on Black Friday. So I'm embarrassed to admit that. And where did I shop? I shopped Amazon. I know. Slap me mm, on the hand. Yeah. I shop. Nope, I, I do try to shop sustainable clothing if I go in the clothing direction. Oh. So I'll shop. I've mentioned okay. this company before, but shout out to Girlfriend for athleisure wear that's made out of plastic water bottles. So I try to shop different local companies, kind of not owned by conglomerates. But I don't always, I'm not always successful and I'm kind of hypocritical, but that's kind of my game. Yeah, well, we got to buy into that. We live in America, so we got to buy into the conglomerates every now and then. Are you allowed to say what you got on Black Friday or is it a gift? And you did, this is going to be released before Christmas, so don't... Uh... Don't give away any gifts that you're going to get. Yeah, they were all gifts. They were all like okay. kind of stocking stuff or related. Not big gifts, not expensive gifts, just all kind of stocking stuffers that fill the print, the present quota. <laughs> you did right before we hop on this, uh, embarrassingly tell me that you were in a Best Buy. So what were you, were you just like cruising around, just hopping in a Best Buy? Is that what you were doing holiday shopping at Best Buy, like in store? Okay. So I recently moved to Reno, Nevada, and I feel that Reno, Nevada, in my opinion, is like notorious for just strip malls. So it is mm. uh, my demise that I live within two minutes of like 
oh my God, it's a Michael's, it's a TJ Maxx, it's a Best Buy, it's a fucking Walmart. It's, I'm not kidding. Those are all two minutes from my house. And when I lived in Seattle, I really stuck it to the man, right? Yeah, like I only yeah. bought sustainability. I only bought small. I only shopped local. And just having these conveniences two minutes away is really my demise. So mm. why was I in Best Buy? I happened to be at a different store, either returning, I forget what I was doing, but I was maybe yeah. like returning something. And then I was like, oh, Best Buy is here. I wonder what <laughs> they have going on. Cause you know, they have like lines out the door and I had oh, yeah. to figure out why people line up to go buy a 60 inch TV. Like Ugh. what is this hot deal? I don't get it. And uh, I still don't get it. I didn't walk out. <laughs> no. I, I don't get it. You just waited to the Best Buy. Okay. We're like, we're like, they all just like excited for you there. Like they weren't expecting someone to walk in. They were like, oh, sh oh shit, someone, <laughs> no. real life, real life. No, Zach, it was packed. What? I know. It shocked me too. Um, And I will back up. I do remember why I was next to a Best Buy because I was being a fucking hypocrite and I bought myself a brand new phone at Verizon. I bought an iPhone. So um, Best Buy was right next door. And I was like, wonder what's going on in the TV department these days. <laughs> well, I think that's okay. Like if, if you got to buy from the conglomerates of phones, what other option is no. there? You can't shop local phones. I know. You can't, right? <laughs> like that's, that's literally impossible. Okay. You're, you're allowed to pass on that one. I'm not shopping like cricket. <laughs> yeah, no, like you gotta get one of the big ones. And even still, that's a conglomerate. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Good on you for, you know, giving those Best Buy people something to do. I guess I, the Best Buys I know are like empty all the time, but I, 100%. It's, it, it's because I've lived in cities, you know, I'm in Chicago and I'm not, the burbs weird me out. Like, I don't like going out to the suburbs. I'm like, they, people stare at you too much. Like, I like the city where everybody just keeps in their own lane. Yeah. Well, in Seattle, there wasn't even like, there wasn't a Walmart. I, mm -hmm. I will never go into Walmart. I will just put my foot down there and you can... <laughs> You can draw hold me line. accountable. I'll draw the line, but you can hold me accountable to that. But like there wasn't a Walmart, there wasn't a Best Buy, there wasn't any of these stores within like a hundred miles of Seattle. Okay, not a hundred, but you get the idea. Yeah. And so that's why I would never go in there. And now it's mm -hmm. two minutes away from my house. And I'm like, huh, I wonder what the people of Walmart are up to these days. Let's go check it out. Yeah, just gonna see what everybody's doing. All right, all right. Well, we know where you draw the line. Okay, I, I, uh -huh. and and honestly, Caitlin, you're not alone. E-commerce shopping, while in-store shopping, is still the most predominant. That's how most people still do it. That's wild to me. Yeah, me too. When I read that. Uh, this holiday season, they're projecting uh, online shopping or e-commerce is expected to be a total of 19% of all shopping. So that's it. That's it. That's what I, that's what I said too. That's it. And the rest of it is going to be in person, in person, uh, Shut catalog. Up. Yeah. So, um, but at the same time you compare that to 2016, just five years ago and 10% of all holiday shopping was done online. So it's doubled in five years. So it's, it's on the up and up, right? Like it's, 
it's moving up. That is insane to me. Maybe the fucking CEO of Sears was onto something. <laughs> he tried to he tried to stick it to the man and say nobody's shopping e-commerce. <laughs> Okay, yeah, until they up. filed for bankruptcy. No, it was, it was not Sears. Uh, I was wrong when I prefaced this to you, but uh, Sears did file for bankruptcy, so they did something wrong, I guess. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. uh, but what does that mean for revenue? So uh, in 2021, this year, it's estimated that e-commerce sales will hit about $207 billion in the U.S., uh, so it is It is still, even though it's a small amount of shopping, it's a significant amount of money, $207 billion, uh, expected to increase about 11% year over year. So I, you, you mentioned it, you know, uh, online shopping. Where do you start? Let's, let's pick a whatever gift, a stocking stuffer. You already told me. Uh, you don't start with Google. You start with Amazon, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I just go to my go-to stores. If I want to buy furniture, I'm looking at West Elm. If I want to mm. buy clothing, I'm looking at... Girl so I go to my go-to stores before I search Google. Which is interesting. I think that is, you are in the majority on that too. Um, but this season, I don't know if you've seen the ads. Google is running a lot of shopping, promoting their shopping features, rolling out a new lot of new shopping features within Google because uh, they're looking to challenge Amazon in the e-commerce realm. And not only have they been doing a large amount of advertising, they've been doing these features and trying to promote to independent retailers specifically to uh, get them to join and get on the Google train. And they've been promoting Google uh, compared to Amazon as like less restrictive and cheaper to host your products. Right. So they'll be less restrictive than Amazon and they'll be cheaper to host your products on there. Yeah. We know this as marketers in the space. Google has removed any fees for like listing in their, your products in their merchant center. It used to have, you had to have to cost money, pay for that. They've removed all their fees. And Google has actually rolled out a direct partnership with Shopify, which a lot of our clients are on, a lot of our e commerce clients are on, uh, to make it like uh -huh. seamless, so easy to take your Shopify products and get them listed on Google. So they are really pushing for this space. I guess my question is like, do you think it's worthwhile? Do you see people moving away from Amazon and going to Google? You know, what are, what are your thoughts? I could also argue that it's less saturated on Google shopping for mm. a, a company's perspective. Oh, you know, we just started doing research on Tumblr's because we have a client mm. in that industry. And when I type in tumblers to Amazon, there is too many options. But when mm. I type it into Google, there's only so many that I can click through. So from a product perspective and a company's perspective, I could argue that it would be the best move to go to Google versus Amazon, especially since you just said it's cheaper. I also think it's less saturated. I also think while holiday shopping I have to buy for, let's call it 20 people, right? So I'm trying to just get all of my shopping done in one place. So <laughs> holiday shopping, I would probably argue Amazon would still be the way to go or any of these other conglomerates, whichever one you shop at. However, yeah. when it comes to like special occasions, birthdays, weddings, all of that good stuff, I'm really looking for an individualized present 
something yeah. that means something versus like a, like you just heard me say i think i made my own point it's like i was just looking at stocking stuffers like i'm just trying to meet the yeah. present quota that i have uh <laughs> for amazon so i'm not looking for like oh what's the most special drill bit that i can buy for my husband on amazon it's like no i just yeah. want a fucking drill bit i don't know i don't care what it looks like <sighs> really buying into the holiday spirit there <laughs> well holiday shopping I, I still go towards like amazon mm. let's just say amazon um i'd say yeah. the rest of the year i'm looking for something a lot more special so i would hit google yeah so you'd hit google for yeah i think you're right hit google for more specialized products and if you're just looking to like rack up some stuff amazon I think that makes yep. sense. Yeah. So here, here's why Google's pushing this. And I found this to be very interesting too. Uh, it's estimated that during the holiday season, Amazon's holiday revenue in 2020 was put at about 295 billion just during the holidays. That's November, December, right? While purchases directly from Google were estimated only at about a billion. So Amazon was 295 billion during the holiday season purchases from Google, like in the Google shopping feature where you can yeah. buy right from there is only at a billion. So yeah. they're being dominated. Does that discrepancy surprise you or does that pretty much fit no. with your own? Yeah. Because you're telling me like they're just starting to push this. They're just starting to roll it out. And it takes a while to train consumers. You have to train people to get used to your user interface. And people are just used to shopping. They're comfortable shopping on Amazon. They know what they know they know the space. Versus mm -hmm. Google, it's still very unfamiliar. In fact, for me, I even like from my perspective, if I see a shopping feature on Google and I click into it, I'm still more comfortable buying directly from that website. So I'll click yeah. into the website versus paying directly on Google. Like it makes yep. me uncomfortable because I'm not used to it yet. So yep. I'd say give it three years. You know, it's not going to roll out. To, it's not, people aren't going to adjust by tomorrow, but three years yeah. from now, we're going to see that change for sure. Yeah. And uh, there's another interesting point that I thought of when, when doing this research, I think you're exactly right. But the other thing is, and I want you to do your shopping experience, like for tumblers, it's saturated, but when you are shopping on Amazon for a product, how often do you page through the results? How often do you go to page two and page three and page four to go through all the products <laughs> and to just shop around? You know where I'm going with this, but like, how often do you, how often do you like cruise through and actually like look through multiple, multiple, multiple listings? I'm going to tell you my very truthful answer and honest <laughs> answer. And I don't know if it'll be what you want to hear because I know where you are going with this, but I could be playing into it or I could divert yeah. your point entirely. But yeah. yes, I do go through multiple pages on Amazon. And then how many times do you go through multiple pages on Google? Zero. Never. Exactly. Zero. No, you are exactly right. So that okay, is good. the other piece. I, I think you played right into it. So that's the other good. piece, right? Like Amazon's this Wait, marketplace. Zach, I think yeah. we need to pause to tell your joke. Oh, my client joke. Yeah. So in our client pitch meetings, Caitlin loves it because she's heard it about a million times. I always tell the clients, uh, the best place to bury a dead body is on the second page of Google. 
because nobody goes there. Nobody goes to the second page. I'm pretty sure Jimmy Hoffa is buried there because nobody's found him. He's <laughs> probably on just the second page of Google. Um, and I think like that's the difference though. And that's where Google's going to struggle is getting people to page through things because nobody goes to the second page while on Amazon, you will go to the 10th, 11th, 12th yes, page because you are just, everybody does because you are just looking, right? <laughs> So it's completely different interfaces. I'm so happy I supported your argument uh, versus <laughs> like diverting it because I wasn't sure which way that was going. So I just yeah, went no, with the it, honest truth. Yeah, and, and both are like, both are search engines. Like, let's be clear about this. Amazon is yeah. a search engine. You look for things on Amazon. Google is a search engine, obviously. You interact with them very different ways. Uh, but I, I think it's because like, we inherently trust Google's listings more, right? Like maybe it's less competition. Maybe it's because we can ask Google questions and other things beyond just product searches. So we only trust the top results. If you, that number one spot on the Google listing is the key to the castle, right? Like you are going to get yeah. uber amount of traffic if you get that number one listing yeah. on Google. And that makes it an incredibly competitive space. Amazon, as long as you're present, as long as you're there, you can get some clicks, you can get some purchases. Google, if you're on the second page, you're not getting shit, right? You need to be not only That's in the top so 10, true. number one. And this is ranking number one is vital, especially during the holiday season. And this is why I wanted to talk about that because searches are up for products. Everybody's looking for something. You need to be in that number one spot. And that's why numerous large companies attempt to trick, find loopholes, scam, spam, whatever you want to call it, the Google algorithm that prioritizes what websites are listed highest on its results page. So, you know, I want to take a pause here because you've been with me, you know, you've seen me talk about this quite a bit. I have a habit of going way too in detail on this. So I wanted to ask you, not the SEO person, to put into layman's terms, can you explain like black hat SEO? Can you explain like in layman's terms, I'm not asking for the technical stuff. You're going to be better at it than me because I'm going to go down the rabbit hole. Like for those creatives, I guess, what is black yeah. hat SEO? Well, to be fair, since obviously we don't practice black hat SEO, <laughs> I've never had to regurgitate what it means. <laughs> so this yeah. is my first time doing this. So bear with me. <laughs> you might get <laughs> a totally, you might get a totally incorrect version of what black hat SEO I'll is. I'll edit it out. I'll edit it out. You know, we'll let you retry again. But go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um. <laughs> On one level, there's this idea of kind of oversaturating your page with extra keywords that is not needed. Or uh, so let's say if we are, let's go back to my Tumblr reference. They have product pages and we say, okay, 20 ounce skinny Tumblr. You can only use that so many times. I, I don't even think that would be black, technically black hat though. I guess to finish out my example, it would be um, someone goes in there and just plagues the description with Tumblr, 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 because they're trying to rank number one in Google for the keyword Tumblr. Uh, but 
from our perspective, A, you're tainting the user journey and the customer journey uh, because they'll read that and they'll be like, this is bullshit. Uh, and then secondly, you're just not going to get anywhere and Google will flag you and say, this is bullshit. You can't yep. do this. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But I'm going to add to that really quick. There are, you're so right. That's black hat. But people have done it where they hide the text on the back end of the website. So only the Google crawlers can see the text and it just says Tumblr, 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 Tumblr. And I've also seen it where they put all 50 Tumblr keywords at the bottom and then color that text white. So you oh. can't actually see it. But when it crawls the page, the robots, it, it just reads Tumblr, Tumblr, Tumblr. So you're exactly right. Now, you're right on the link building stuff too. So I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. You're right on. No, that. that's so fascinating. I had no idea like actually how you put it into practice because we don't obviously mm -hmm. do that. But um, <laughs> yeah. so that's really interesting. Um, and then the link building element is, oh gosh, how do I, again, layman's terms, but um the more links you have from other websites, the more authoritative your website is because other websites are saying, hey, MacmillanPhillips.com has this awesome article on how to be a digital marketer. And we want our readers to read that article. So we're going to link back to them because it's a great user journey. It's a great customer experience. Mm -hmm. And we're giving our consumers what they want. So that is genuine, authentic link building. So, and that takes so much time and effort. There's specific link building companies out there. Like they make. Yep a living link building. So that's yep. an element of it. And the black hat version is to go to what we call link farm websites. So these websites, their whole purpose is to host links so you can get another backlink. Mm -hmm. um, so we actually brought on a client over a year ago and the old SEO company practiced that and they were hosting a ton of backlinks on these link farm websites, which were totally toxic. And it was yep. actually taking their authority score down because Google was like, what the fuck? You can't be linking like China is linking to a water heater company in Washington. Yep. Like that's just not correct. So yep. that's another element of black hat. So I hit on two. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a hundred. You absolutely nailed it. You, that is so right. Those are the two main ways to do it. There's a bunch of other little ones that we don't need to go into, but yes, absolutely. You nailed it. And, and like you, I think you nailed this part too. Like the black hat SEO when discovered, is punished by Google. So Google will punish you. Um, although Google doesn't like to use the word punish. They're like, mm, we, we take a look at it. So there's two possible penalties within Google for Black Hat SEO. You can either go under a quote unquote manual review where that's uh, Google programmers will usurp the algorithm on your website and just push you down the rankings manually. So then you don't go on the oh. first page. And then uh, the other one is blacklisting, which is exactly what it sounds, where uh, they just completely remove your website from Google. So anybody searching anything oh, in Google, shit. You, you cannot be found, right? Like you are non-existent. And like they can't take your site down. If you type it into the browser, or you have it bookmarked, you can still go to the website. But if someone's searching even your name in Google, like your brand name, you are not there. 
not present at all. So those are like the two penalties, right? Question, and you might yeah. be getting into this, but what once you're penalized, like once your website is taken off of Google, how do you get it back on? Google turns it off. So the penalties will be a certain length of time. They're not going to blacklist you permanently. Okay. They'll, they'll be like okay. a certain length of time. And then once they unblacklist you, but then you basically have to build your authority from scratch again. You talked about authority. Oh. So they'll blacklist you and you're basically starting from zero again and having to go up Wait. again. So it just dawned on me that this is exactly like your credit score. Like you work your <laughs> is, entire yeah. life to build your credit score and then you go bankrupt and you have to start from zero and you can't get any loan. You can't get any, like you can't buy a car. You can't do anything. No. So your website is just like floating out there and like nobody's visiting it. It's serving no purpose. Yep. So yep. compare Google's ranking to the bureau of the credit bureau's credit score <laughs> you are nailing this for the layman's terms i am <laughs> i you are fucking on fire you're actually listening when i do my pitches I well am, done I do, Caitlin. I do. well done i'm I so do. impressed so uh like i mentioned there uh, there's some big companies that have been penalized for this black hat SEO type of work within Google. And I'm going to go through a few of them and give you some background on what happened. First, WordPress got got uh, penalized. Yes, the, the site, the website hosting WordPress. So, That's a big uh, one. Oh, all of these are big. Um, oh, in, two in 2005, uh, WordPress created around 150,000 articles hosted on various sites that targeted high value keywords. Now, I mean high value, meaning like the price to bid on the keyword because Google has organic listings with their algorithm and then they have paid listings where you can buy and say, I'm willing to pay $3 to be listed above the organic results. So these are high, high value keywords and they were trying to save a lot of advertising costs, but they were eventually caught uh, in 2005. So they did the same thing you talked about where they had all of these articles on different sites that just said website builder, website builder, website, web, like they did, they did that exact black hat that you talked about. So they did the link farming, not the link farming, the keyword stuffing is what we call it, where they're just, they're using a bunch of that. And then they would link to the website. So they would have these pages with like, uh, all the page would be would be like website builder, website builder, website builder, website builder, and then it would link to WordPress. So WordPress got the link, but then they got credited with all this website builder keyword stuff, you know? And WordPress is a platform. So they just built all of these, uh, their own websites. Is that right? That is the theory. Uh, I cannot confirm nor deny that, but my inkling would be yes, they, they just did this themselves. I mean, fuck it. They had the tools. Like, why? Like, I love that they just were like, oh, let's test this and see if let's it works. Let's see how it goes. I agree. <laughs> so uh, they got blacklisted for two days. So blacklisted again. So they're blacklisted completely down for two days where they're not even showing up for their own name. And then when they come back, Damn. they have to start from scratch. Um, so then uh, they lost an estimated, in just those two days, they lost an estimated 10 million site visitors, which is a lot of money, right? So 10 million over two days, that's quite a bit of money. Oh my God. The next number two is uh, the Washington Post 
is number two. They got Jeff? flagged in 2007. Jeff. Well, was he owning? I don't know if he owned it in 2007, but they got flagged for not following Google's guidelines for paid links, um, which includes like sponsored content and syndication of content. So people buying that stuff, they weren't following the right rules on that. Uh, it, it's hard to tell how long they were penalized, but they went through a manual review uh, and they were failing to rank for current events for a year. Like their their website wouldn't for all the current events that were happening, which is how the Washington Post makes money, right? You go, you click on the Washington Post articles, they serve you ads and they make money. Uh, and it's estimated they lost 76.4 million readers, which is a lot of money in Washington Post terms. Um, Cause every time you read an article, they serve the ads, they get, they make money off of that. Um, mm -hmm. Very interesting. The next one's uh, BMW got flagged. They were using uh, the link building that you talked about uh, for the keyword used car. So they would basically created, they were just having all of these bullshit links about used cars. They got flagged. They got blacklisted for three days, lost about 100,000 users, which in car terms is a, is a good amount of money. This one you're going to love. This was this one you're going to love. Overstock.com in 2011. You're going to love this tactic because we talk about it with our clients, right? And our, you can elaborate on why this is so interesting. Uh, in 2011, Overstock.com was penalized by Google for a campaign they ran in which the company would give schools discounts on their products in exchange for a link from that school website, right? And we yeah. talk about this all the yeah. time. So yeah. I, yeah, why why is that like so interesting, right? Well, actually, I'm kind of like going on the defense for overstock because I don't find that like is that black hat marketing? I feel like they're playing within Google's rules and Google was like, "Wait a second, you're taking advantage of my rules. I'm going to change the rules around." <laughs> and let me explain too. The reason why we're laughing is because uh, a .edu website has a lot more authority than a .com website. So websites that have .edu and .gov are naturally more authoritative. I don't know if they have to jump through certain hoops to get that. Yeah, they do. Um, mm -hmm. And so a, a big push with link building is to get on EDU sites, whether that's you want to publish an article or you are giving out a scholarship, mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of what we try to work with our clients is if they have scholarship opportunities, let's give them to kids uh, with. Yeah. So um, yep. that's why I'm saying like they kind of worked within Google's rules. Am I wrong? I no, I think I think it's gray area. I think where they crossed the line was giving exclusive discounts, not to all schools, but to only schools that gave them a link, right? Ah. So if they would have said, hey, schools get a discount for using overstock.com, we would love it if you link to us. Um, no, they were saying you only get the discount if you if give you us link. a link from your uh, school website. So I think that's why. Yeah, and it, uh, the ultimatum makes it a little bit more <laughs> black. That's hat. where that's where they, I think they, they like walked the fine line, but you're right, that's a very fine line. I think that was a close one. Um, they were penalized for three months um, in which they were blacklisted, didn't even rank when you looked over stock, didn't even rank for that. 
and they lost an estimated 13 million visitors. And uh, from that hit, their revenues have never really recovered. They took that hit and um, they are, they have been in perpetual since 2011, like perpetually struggling to try to build that back up. So, and just comparatively, Overstock has a very like, um, close competitor, which is Wayfair, or there's another one too out there. Uh, So Wayfair as an example, Amazon. So it's like, they're always competing neck and neck versus BMW. Like that's a very catered search. You know, if you, you're not searching like luxury cars and like, oh, I can't decide. Do I want a Mercedes or a BMW? It's like, you kind of know that you want a BMW. So to lose those rankings for overstock is even more detrimental uh, than it would be for Word, uh, WordPress or BMW or any of the other ones you mentioned. Yep, I agree. That's I crazy. Agree. Yeah. The, so the last one I have for you is probably my favorite is uh, Google Chrome and Google Ads was penalized by Google uh, because they were, <gasps> they, they claim inadvertently, but they were using Black Hat SEO uh, to promote their those products. Uh, so it was like in 2012, it was discovered that while promoting Google Chrome, the Chrome team purchased links, like they bought like bad links. They did the same link building stuff for a video campaign to promote their browser. Uh, they went under manual review. And in 2010, Google Ads was caught hiding text that I talked about on the back end of some of their pages that only Google spiders could read. So they hid the text. You couldn't read it on the front. But when you crawl the back end, the code of the website, there was a bunch of keyword text in there. Again, both of them claimed, oh, this was inadvertent. We didn't mean to. Um, but Google punishing Google, it was, I thought was interesting, right? You wouldn't really expect that. I don't even understand how that happens because if I'm Google, I'm going to be like, yeah, this team, the Chrome team or the ads team, you guys fucked up. But like, no, I guess there's no like big brother over Google. Like Google's it. That's where, that's where it stops. So why didn't Google just like, Hey, you guys fucked up, but I'm going to let this slide because nobody's there to monitor me. You hit exactly my next question, right? Like Google is the judge, the jury, and the appeals team in a very, very lucrative and powerful tool. Um, So like, does this like gaming and being Google's like the last end all be all, does this gaming of the system make you trust Google results more, make you trust Google results less? Like we don't go to the second page. We've established that you trust it instinctively, whatever keyword you're searching, it's going to be one of the top couple. Does this like backend how the game is played of like link building and, and, and bad black hat stuff. Does it make you trust it more because they punish themselves or does it make you trust less? Cause it's all can be manipulated. Right. I think I trust them still. I do. I think, uh, they're so hell bent on, not letting this black hat stuff slip through the cracks 
I don't really have anything you else to say. You don't sound like yeah, you trust right? it more. I was going to say, you don't sound like you trust it more. You're like, I, I guess I trust it. I guess. Like, well, maybe you're at the point with everybody else. It's like, what fucking other option is there? I'm not going to go to Bing. Like, I'm not going to use that. Yeah. Like, what, what other option? There's no other option, right? I think where I was hesitating was trying to justify the fact that I do trust Google. <laughs> like, it does... Yeah. I'm trying to justify why I do and I can't really. It's just, yeah, like you said, there's no other option. What else can you do, right? Like you have to trust it. Otherwise, everything starts to grow. What are you going to do? Like just memorize URLs and type them into your bookmark every page that you like? Like what else are you going to do? Everything starts with Google. God, I'm just thinking this, thinking about this like in political terms where of course you don't trust the government because there's so many lobbyists out there and Mm. there's so many people paying off senators and congressmen and whatever to sway their voting. Um, That is there like an internet lobby uh where oh, like yeah. amazon oh, yeah. is paying google under the table to be like uh oh, just let this one slide eh? how about like is there that is that happening because if you tell me yes then yes i do not trust google but i can't i don't envision that happening yeah well there's a conspiracy and i'll get into that i'll get into that in my next story there is a little conspiracy i can't i can't have a podcast without a little conspiracy um but i think i think you're exactly right you are on fire with the analogies today like well done with the political system like on fire love it um great so uh okay so we've looked at some people that have used black hat and tried to work the system and lost however there's one story that the culprit benefited massively, at least in the short term. They benefited hugely. So before I reveal, you thought it was Sears. I'm telling you, I was wrong uh, based on my historical stuff. So it's not Sears. So we're gonna play a little game. Uh, Before I reveal who this company is, I I wanna do a little test with you, Caitlin. Um, I want you, this is getting back at you for making me do word association on the last one. So what, company i'm gonna tell you a keyword and i don't know the actual person who's ranking first but i want to tell me like first one to come to your mind who you think would rank first for this keyword right um so let's let's start off uh dresses dresses i'm thinking a wedding store let's go david's bridal david's bridal okay yeah i have no way to confirm that but david's bridal is a good one um bedding that one also i go to overstock Overstock. Okay, great. Maybe you in your head. Yeah, exactly. You planted that seed. I would have had Mm -hmm. a different answer had we not talked about it, but I go overstock. Maybe like Bed Bath and Beyond was one that popped in my head. Oh, fuck off. That's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. um, For dresses, I was like Macy's, maybe, you know, like department store. One of those big big department stores. Uh, What about like area rugs? Ruggable. Oh, good one. Yeah, I, I think that's a great one. I think that's a great one. Ruggable. Um, what about uh, skinny jeans? Uh, the one I popped into my head just now, and I'm just going to say it was Good American, which you probably don't even know. Nope, but they could be ranking first. I mean, they, they're known for skinny jeans. I don't fucking know. Um, skinny jeans. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, what about like home decor? Uh, West Elm. Oh, good one. I think that's a that's a good possibility as well. 
Uh, okay, and then last one, it's gonna be super, this one's super easy for you. You should pick this one because we do SEO work all the time. Samsonite carry-on luggage. What do you think is like the number one keyword for that? Samsonite carry-on luggage. Suitcases? Like the, uh, it's, it's Samsonite, right? Like Samsonite's the brand, right? If you Google Samsonite carry-on luggage, the Samsonite website should be the number one listing right like that that's an easy one that's a branded search okay is okay. that was that a trick question yeah the, you did well as well as that as i did with words association so you know we this is why we're partners we each know our strengths and our weaknesses right um okay so in in 2011 <laughs> i i asked you these keywords because in 2011 the same during the holiday season specifically one company ranked number one for all of those keywords. Number one across the board. Do you want to take a stab? You want and to I'm guessing, stab? I don't, okay, well, I'm guessing that company that's ranking for those keywords had nothing to do with any of those keywords. Uh, they were just, no, okay, so yeah. maybe, um, so I'll go department store then because that really, yep. um, kind of covers warmer. a lot. Yeah, warmer. Um, and you mentioned Macy's, so I don't think it would be Macy's because you oh, wouldn't give warmer. it away. Nope, warmer. Um, so I go, and you didn't, you said it wasn't Sears, so let's get, give me JCPenney's. Oh, you nailed it. Oh my God, you nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> you nailed it. Yes. You are on fire today, Caitlin. Okay. Dude, yes. it was the third cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're doing this one late. We usually do them in the morning when we're like just uh, waking up. Okay, perfect. Think. You're on fire. Uh, yes, JC Penny ranked number one for all of these. Um, and they're they're these they're abnormal. Like they're outranking Samsonite for Samsonite carry on luggage. Like they're higher than the Samsonite website. So um, their abnormally high rankings were only noticed after the New York Times wrote an expose on the whole world of black hat SEO. So they wrote this huge expose after the holiday season, but they were only caught after all of this shopping was done. Damn. And research conducted by the New York Times found that JCPenney had about 2000 separate sites on the internet that um, placed a link in their footer that said, like the link said dresses or cocktail dresses or uh, anything that linked to the JCPenney site. How did they get 2,000 websites to link in the footer? How did they have access to 2,000 websites? I'll get into that, exactly. That was my first question too, like, well, how did they do this? You know, and uh, you know, normally the links wouldn't be a big deal, right? Like, okay, you get linked, that's the whole goal of SEO. However, the sites, I'm gonna give you four of the sites that were linking to JCPenney with the word dresses linked in their footer. Uh, Nuclear.engineeringaddict.com, linked dresses in the footer, totally <laughs> irrelevant. Uh, casinofocus.com, oh. which has nothing to do with that. Bulgariapropertyportal.com. Wow. 
Yeah, and then elistofbanks.com. So it was pretty clear, like they Jay-Z Penny was using these black hat tactics. And I think before I tell you like how, how they were doing it, it, it's important to pause here to recognize why JC Penny may have wanted to do this is because uh, their sales had been flagging for the the years, for years. Um, and at its height, like you remember the old school days where you would get the JCPenney catalog or your mom would get the catalog and you would flip through it and you would like order things what over the phone, right? Like you'd call them and tell them what products you wanted to order. That was bringing in at one point about $4 billion a year. 4 billion, Damn. just the catalog. And at its height, like in 2009, as that just dropped off the map, the website was only bringing in about 1.5 billion. So about a quarter of what the catalog was bringing in a year. So they were trying to make up for lost time. They were trying to make up for lost mm -hmm. revenue. And before I like go too deep into this, I have a question for you. Uh, do you think this like black hat, super competitive area is an old trend of re retailers or has like this holiday shifted battle like battlefield taken a new is it shifted to online and now they're just doing the same shit in the online space that they were doing in newspapers and magazines and stuff or do you think it's a completely new game like what's what's your thought on that i think it's a new game i think there's more tools at our disposal in order to cheat the system versus a newspaper how do you fucking cheat a newspaper well you you buy your placement i mean i worked at the newspaper like companies would like buy certain placements to like be placed next to their competitors and they would yeah. do that i agree with you though it's a different battlefield now because now you are competing for people actively seeking out your products right in the uh -huh. newspaper you just see like okay maybe you flip through the jc penny catalog yes. just to see but now these people are actively searching for your products yeah so to be in front of them is way more valuable than being placed in a newspaper yeah well and to your point like when you're flipping through the newspaper it's no longer a battle of who has the best creative and who has mm. the best visuals it's more like now we need to think way bigger than that. It's like, okay, sure. I sell rugs, but what are the 10 search terms that could potentially lead those people to my rug page? Yep. So now you have to fight to be seen for rugs and dresses and you know, whatever dirty rugs or I don't know, white rugs, blue <laughs> rugs, rugs, small rugs. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's searching for that, but, uh, you know, small rugs, big rugs, whatever. Yeah. You have to think so much larger than just creating an awesome visual. I totally agree. I totally agree. And I love that you brought that perspective. I didn't even think about that. Like, you know, creative was the focus and creative can still do yes. leaps and goods in a campaign. Like it can still yep. propel your campaign, but there is that whole other facet of like how people are actively searching. And that gets back to Google's like the government of the internet, right? Like I love that comparison. Yeah. You need to play along in order to be uh, yep. found. But so they did this, New York Times wrote this expose, JCPenney cashed in. They cashed in during the holiday season. That year is the first time in several years that they recorded an uptick in revenue from the year before. So it was going down, going down, going down. They did this shit, didn't get caught, raked in an extra little amount. Um, 
I just want to pause here and like just tell all of our listeners like that is the power of SEO. And just because people don't understand SEO or like the people that we pitch, that is our biggest pitch is like make sure Google knows your website is alive and thriving. And it and this is exactly the power of it. And that is our whole business structure is based around like how can we support basically like I hate to say this because like my section of the company now comes secondary but like it's basically how the creative visuals can support the SEO efforts and the creative actually like at once upon a time it used to be like okay we need to grab someone's attention by creating the most awesome visual out there now creative is actually secondary and it's saying let's create an awesome brand presence. So Mm. when people come to your website, you'll have a fucking kick-ass brand and it's trustworthy because you have amazing visuals versus in the nineties, it was, this is how I'm going to grab people's attention. Now it's, I'm going to bid on small rugs and that's how I'm going to catch people's attention. I'm going to bring them to my website and show them what an awesome brand I am. I, you, I think that's so smart, you know, because a a lot of these estimations that I've been doing don't calculate like how much, once you're to a website, how much money you make is completely up to you, right? Like, like we can do all these estimations from Google, but how much you convert a customer is solely the creative and the ease and the functionality. I'm, I'm with you on that. That that, I think. Yeah. And that, that is the foundational part of our company that I'm not sure a lot of other agencies are acting on right now. Whereas Mm -hmm. you and your team get visitors to the website and then your job is done. And then me and my team, it's our job to keep visitors on that site. And we do that with creative visuals and we do that with copy and language and whatever else it is. But you need both. You need both pillars or else you could have an awesome site. Nobody's finding it. Or you could get a hundred million visitors to your site, but you're not actually, they're not making any purchases. So nobody's doing having these two separate pillars are worthless. Yeah. Look at us actually talking marketing on a marketing podcast. I fucking (laughs) love it. I was was just going to say, I feel like I just pitched a client. (laughs) Yeah. Like we're actually like, it's it's like what we, what we branded this to be amazing. Amazing. Um, Yeah. So uh, back to the story is uh, yeah. JC had their JC Penny had their revenue increase for the year. So they cashed in Um, the site was eventually penalized after the New York times expose went out. So um, they actually alerted New York Times is the people that alerted Google. And that's going to be an important factor moving forward. Um, so the JCPenney team denied any wrongdoing. The actual t- team on the JCPenney side denied any wrongdoing and promptly fired their SEO firm. Uh, the SEO firm was linked in the article, the New York Times article. I clicked to check them out. They have completely rebranded. There is, there is, they have totally washed their hands of this. Like they are, uh, com- it redirects to a completely different site. Different Wait, branding, so that makes sense how they might have had access to 2000 websites then, because if they were a full on SEO agency, then they had other clients. 
Maybe. No, no. So that's a great call, but no, they, um, they actually, New York Times went into this deep uh, dive into how they's working. Um, and w- they reached out to like the owners of these websites and they said 99.9 did not respond. So like, it is very black hat. It's shadowy. Like how these actually work is very shadowy. One person came forward to talk about, they weren't specifically tied to the JC Penny black hat, but they do black hat SEO. Uh, and one paid. person was able to talk to them. Yes. So what you do, it's an affiliate link where you work with this program. They have these kind of underground agencies that you'll sign up. The agency will say like these underground black hat agencies, even though they don't have an LLC, like the the person um, that ran this black hat agency, like uh, they contact New York Times contacted the building owner where their offices were. And the building owner was like, I don't even I didn't even know they were in my building like they are very underground they don't list themselves they don't they're not anywhere because they know google will hunt them down right so they stay underground it's almost like this back alley transaction that you're making but they have a list of website hosts people that host websites and basically they'll say okay you put this link in the footer of your website here's where you link to and anytime someone clicks on that link you get paid x number of dollars. So these websites get paid for not only hosting the link, like the initial fee to place the link, but anytime someone clicks on it, they'll get an additional fee paid to them. But if it's it's stationed in the footer of the website, nobody's going to click like you get an initial fee. You do get an initial fee. Okay. That's probably where the money comes in. It was probably higher because if you're going to uh, nuclearfission.com and you see a link for dresses, you're not going to click on that because that's not why you're there. So the affiliate link is rendered pretty useless. Pretty so useless. that nuclearfission.com owner of the website must have been sold snake oil if they thought that they were going to get money from that affiliate link. Well, the the benefit of it for these companies is doing it in quantity. You mentioned a link farm website. We call it a link farm for a reason because it doesn't just have one link with dresses. It has, I would venture to say millions of links on these pages. So it's a sheer number of quantity. Like someone will click on it somewhere, some link somewhere doing something and you'll get paid so if you do enough of them you'll eventually start to make money you're telling me that uh nuclearfission.com was actually just a link farm website it wasn't actually all of them generate okay it was all of them no okay gotcha gotcha, they bought the domain and they just throw in a ton of links on there um yeah you know like like i think the example you used with like water heater the water heater client that we had that had all of these bad uh links to it it was like linking to like louisianagourds.com i remember that was one (laughs) yeah and even like you know like just random domains that have nothing to do with it yeah um so yeah they fired their seo company the seo company either got bought or completely rebranded because it still goes to an seo site i'm i was tempted to talk shit but i'm not going to because you know we're we're just the competition you know whatever (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was going to talk shit on that agency, name them, but I won't. I won't. But at at the end of the day, the damage, the SEO damage was done. JCPenney cashed in their cow. 
Like they made it. They made it through the holiday season using these tactics, cashed in their money, saw the revenue increase. Shareholders were happy. Everybody was happy until they got caught because it was short term, right? And it, it, they got penalized. They went under manual review later in 2012, later that year. Uh, and in 2020, I'm not saying this is the only reason, but in 2020, JCPenney announced that it was closing 30% of its retails and filing for bankruptcy. So, you know, down that line, something, I think it had a part to play. And it's not all because of Google, but I looked at, we have tools where we can look at a website's ranking metrics, right? We have tools in our agency. I plugged JCPenney in there out of curiosity and uh, <laughs> they must've been, penalized so this happened in 2011 they must have been penalized until 2015 so they're pretty stagnant oh my god and then 2015 uh, i'll tell you like the number of keywords that they're ranking for and it happened in a month so you know google just like switched the flip off so in september yeah um in September 2015, the site was ranking for about 500,000 keywords, just under 500,000 different keywords. And then the next month in October 2015, it was ranking for a million and a half keywords. So there's no reason that you should have that much growth in a month of SEO without Google just like letting you off the hook, like being like, okay, you've been penalized for four years. Mm -hmm. We're going to let you kind of have your way in the... Uh, SEO field again, tripling its visibility in a month. So I think it really hurt them. I think it really hurt them for a long time. And it's not the only reason that they filed for bankruptcy, but I think Google had a large part to play in this black hat holiday season graft had a large part to play. Yeah. I mean, as a, as a e-commerce company, if you can't sell on the web, you can't, you don't have anything. You don't have a product. Yep. Unless you're a department store, but nobody's going into those fucking department stores anymore, right? And the like, pandemic happened, like, mm -hmm, you're mm -hmm. toast. You're toast. And by the time they got reestablished, you think 2011, 2011 to 2015, by the time they got reestablished, they had a brand new competitor, Amazon, right? 2015, yeah. Amazon was in the game. And uh -huh. you are entering a whole different market by the time you can compete in the online space. Um, okay. Yeah. So let, let's have some fun with this. It wouldn't be an episode if I didn't, con didn't have one conspiracy theory. This is like the only SEO conspiracy theory we have out there. So let me run with it. The question becomes Caitlin, and I'd love to get your insight into this. Why did it take a New York times article for Google to finally catch JC Penny after months, months of ranking first for all of these weird keywords? Why did it take an expose, a public expose for Google to finally slam down? And I'll add in this little nugget is in 2010, the year before all of this happened, Advertising Age obtained a list of Google's top advertisers who pay for keywords, right? So they're bidding, they're, they're spending budget uh -huh. on keywords. Um, and guess who was top three on that list, Caitlin? JCPenney. JC Penny, they spent an average of $2.46 million a month in paid search. So two and a half million a month to Google in paid they search. They don't have that kind of money. Not anymore. Sit down, JC Penny. Not anymore. Well, if you're getting ROI, like if you're spending two and a half and you're making four, right? That makes sense. But 
Uh, Wait, sorry. What year was this? 2010. 2010. Okay. Okay. 2010. Okay. They were bidding. Um, so it's the. I have a question for you. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I know I'm breaking up your conspiracy. Um, no, but that was the conspiracy. do you think JC Penny leadership? had an idea of what the SEO agency was doing or were they, did they just hire the SEO agency to do SEO? Yeah, that's see, that's where, that's where it's like the, it's like politics again. Like where's the line of culpability, right? Like, yeah, it was clearly the SEO company was doing this, but on whose orders, like, was this acting on their own prerogative or was the JCPenney team being like, no, you, we need to be ranking first. We need to be dominating organic search. Otherwise, you'll be yeah. fired. And this giant contract we gave yeah. you will be null and void. So it's like, yep. where is the line really drawn? Who's really culpable? Right. It's I thought about that too. When a when a smaller agency gets a big contract and a big name like JCPenney, you're gonna do whatever it takes to get them to own up to what you pitch them. They probably Mm -hmm. outpitched what they could possibly do. Uh and then JCPenney said, Yeah, let's make it happen. And they were like, Oh fuck, how do we make this happen during the holiday season of 2011? Yeah. so probably a lot of high demand on JCPenney's part, but they weren't saying we need to bring out the black hat marketing tactics when, like I said, not very many people have a good grasp of what SEO is. They might understand on a very basic level, but not the details of it. So they're just kind of like, yeah, make it happen. Make us rank for small rugs, large rugs, dresses. And the SEO agency was like, okay. This is the only yep. way I know how to do that. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I think JC Penny, like they probably have a digital person at the time. Yeah. But you're right. Like people generally know what SEO is and why it's important in a very vague sense. But to know the ins and outs and the nuts and bolts of it is a lot. And I don't think many people take the time to do that. So, which is why I had you had you explain Black Hat SEO, because I knew I would just go nuts and bolts <laughs> on it hardcore um so to to finish the the conspiracy and maybe let me just ask you like do you think that google dragged its feet on pulling down jc penny or flagging jc penny because of their enormous paid budget oh that's the conspiracy is the Mm -hmm. paid okay so they're they're, google's making 2.5 million dollars a month off jc penny would it not be in their interest to also have JCPenney record extra, even if it's organic and they're not paying, to have JCPenney make additional revenue from Google so maybe they invest more in the upcoming year? Yeah, 100%. And if you're one of the top five spenders of Google, Google knows who the fuck you are. So it's not like it's M&P agency out of Seattle spending Mm -hmm. like a thousand bucks here and there where we're like number 50 million in terms of spending, (laughs) uh, 50 millionth website in terms of spending. They don't know who the fuck we are, but you're number three. Google knows who you are. Mm -hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I do think there's a conspiracy there for sure. Love it. Someone brought it to Larry Summers or whoever it was over at Google. Larry Page. And he was like, Larry Page, thank you. Uh, he's, he's like, I'm going to just pretend like you never brought this to me. 
I love it. I love it. I think you're exact. I think you're right too. I think what you're right. What do you too. think? You think? I, I think they drag their feet. I think, you know, um, especially during the holiday season, they have to have extra, yeah. extra, because you know, people are going to be pulling this shit all the time to the holiday season. Like they, they had to have at least been vaguely aware and maybe just drag their feet on it. Maybe they were going to punish them after the holiday season and say, Hey, like, let's, let's just wait. But I think there was vested interest from yep. Google. Also, fuck yeah to New York Times. New York Times is like the one fucking publication blowing the lid off of all of these conspiracies. Like they were the first to unveil the Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. catastrophe. They were the first to blow the lid off of the Me Too movement. Like they're the yep. first to blow the lid off of JCPenney's. Like other public, uh, Wall Street and Washington Post better step their game up. I agree. I agree. I think New York Times is doing a lot. They have their own troubles, but I think they're doing a lot. So here's here's what here's the interesting thing, and I wanted to kind of transition this to the future of of marketing because this is a very marketing heavy. We had a fun one last time. We have angry ones before. This is like marketing heavy because you know we're marketers. Um, yeah, diversify. We're diversifying our diverse, portfolio. Diversify the portfolio of content. <laughs> Um, so U.S. has not done shit about this. They don't care. Whatever. They're too busy fighting with each other about bullshit. Um, Europe, they're, on the other hand. They're too busy regulating the price of milk. <laughs> you're, you're right. Priorities. You're right. They're, they're, they're watching the they're watching the the milk uh the price go up and down. Hey, you're right. The liquid um, but content of milk is on their top of priority list. So you know, let it fly. <laughs> and their Twitter, their Twitter, their own personal Twitter, I would say, ranks up there too. Like how many likes and retweets they get on their own personal Twitter. But <laughs> Europe, on the other hand, uh, has been cracking down they are actually putting Google and Facebook through antitrust law suits. And they straight up, I, I read some of the transcript that Google was called to court at the European Union. And they were asking Google straight up, has, uh, do you take into account with your natural listings paid budget? Have you ever promoted that spending more money on paid will increase your, your natural ranking? There chasing this down and they're way ahead of us on a lot of this um so my question to you and you gave it snap so i think i know the answer with faith both facebook and google are going through this let's let's talk future do you think these two because like we said they're the judge the jury and the appeals court facebook and google for both sides are everything the end all be all do you think they need to be broken up do you think these need to be broken up into separate companies because that's what the antitrust laws will do. Well, they'll break Google into four different companies. They'll break Facebook into four different companies. Do you think that's the step that needs to be taken? Whoa, I didn't even think that that was where the question was going. How would they break apart Google? Like, how do they do that? Well, they'd probably create, know? you got to create competition. So when they break it apart, right. like they did this Understood. with with AT&T. So they'll probably just divvy it up. There'll be some kind of, I, I don't know the logistics of it, but there will be three search engines and no Google, gotcha. right? Or maybe they still have Google, Whoa. but they have to like promote news and same with Facebook. Like they'll break Facebook's 
book of business, WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook, all of that stuff. They'll break it out to create a healthy level of competition. I get that. And I've heard that argument with Facebook. I had never heard that argument with Google before. I get that. What I think needs to be done instead is not create competition because personally, I don't want to fucking go to four different web browsers to find uh, shoes for my wedding or whatever it is. You know, I don't want to find small rugs and have to search four different search engines. Um, but I think there needs to be, I think legislation needs to fucking catch up with technology. That is where we're lacking is so Europe, the European government is like, okay, now I am rolling out. I, I, whatever they're doing. Um, yeah, the, the antitrust stuff. Antitrust. Okay. Um, They're put, yeah, they're, mm -hmm. they're putting Google and Facebook through that. And I think that the government is doing what it's intended to do govern. Yeah. It's supposed to govern these technology companies. And so we just need to write laws quicker than we've been writing laws. I agree. And quit squabbling about the price of milk and fat to milk content. (laughs) I think that's my solution. What's your solution? Uh, you know, I actually, you know, it's hard to say because you know, a lot of our business thrives within like our business personally um, is predicated on Facebook and Google. Right. So it is an interesting thing to for us. But I see it happening. You know, I don't see different if they do break it up into different search engines. It, it, they did this to AT&T. Right. They broke it up. And now we have T-Mobile, Verizon. Uh, Sprint, AT&T, like we have different carrier options, which provide competition and you naturally gravitate to the one that you like the best, right? You're not, you're not held down to a single, like they run ads to compete with each other. And we've seen this, like the price of a cell phone plan has gone down, right? Because they're competing with each other. They, they, one, one will roll out a price. The other will roll out a price and they, so they're competing fair. with each other. Right. And that's, that's our capitalistic society. Am I all for that? I don't know, but it works. Right. That More is so true because I, I mentioned on this podcast that I went to go buy a new phone at Verizon. And before I went to go buy a new phone, I said, which carrier out there is going to give me a free phone if I leave Verizon and I go mm-hmm. to T-Mobile or I go to Sprint? Because mm-hmm. fuck it, like I'm in a city, you know, give yep. or take, <laughs> whatever Reno, <laughs> whatever you want to call Reno. Uh, I'm in a city. So the coverage here is like whatever, whether I choose Verizon, T-Mobile or yep. Sprint, it's all the fucking same. It is all the same. So yep. it's like I was looking for who was going to give me a free plan. And you're so right. that That mm-hmm. is what happened with all of these uh, different carriers. So um, and then, you know, in my head, I was kind of arguing with you when I look at a menu like like a cheesecake factory menu and I'm <laughs> overwhelmed with options. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, just give me one option and I'm good. Like I just need to eat to survive. Yeah. So I'm just going to go with this option. So that's kind of how I feel about the internet is like, I just need to Google to survive. Can you just, yeah. I don't need to go to duck, duck, go bing, Google and like do all these different searches. Yeah. I don't yeah know, but I, I like that carrier analogy. I do. I, I think you're spot on with that. So I, I changed my mind. I think laws need to be written for sure. But then again, there's always going to be an internet lobbyist to pay off mm. government, to pay off 
lawmakers. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I just think it would help advertisers, right? Because now we see like within Google, we've seen it during the holiday season and Facebook too. You can throw 50 grand at this thing and it just goes down the toilet because there is it's yeah. expensive. The price goes way yeah. up. There's so much competition. So I think what that will do yeah. is benefit advertisers looking to sell because there's competition. You may be bidding on, for the example that currently lives, you may be bidding on Bing. We have a client that we do Google ads and Bing ads and Bing does really well because there's no fucking competition. Outperformed. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like there's no competition. So we're competing with yeah. all of these people in the Google space and there's other options out there. But so I, I think it's a possibility. I think, you know, it may benefit us you know, Facebook was the OG. Google was the OG search engine. Facebook was, I mean, we're not counting Ask Jeeves, but um, Facebook was the OG social media for the most part where it really yeah. blew up. Uh, I, I, you know, and we didn't know what we were getting into. So I think it may be time to reevaluate how we use that in our everyday life and create some competition. Thanks for listening. We are just now launching Manipulating the Masses. So we'd love to hear what you think, good or bad. Bring on the haters. Leave a review. And if you did enjoy, or if you didn't enjoy it, make sure to still subscribe and follow us at MacmillanPhillips.agency on Instagram and Twitter.